time. It's time. Time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. Ten-five victory! Cowboys win! This is Love of the Star. 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 Welcome back to the Love of the Star podcast. I am Bobby Belt. Dallas Scott was insider from 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, the radio flagship home of America's team. Joined, as always, by Brian Broaddus, the co-host of the G-Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. Central on 105.3 The Fan, and also a former Super Bowl-winning NFL scout. Brian, we need you to, I think, to to really up our show. You should be wearing the ring uh, to, like, every single recording. You know, I feel like that I wear the ring every... I, 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 I don't think I've ever seen it. No, I, I don't wear it. And it's funny, but we haven't been on... We, we are not... Actually, it's just our voices, right? So, but if we if we do a remote at Boomer Jacks, which shout okay. out to Boomer Jacks yeah, again, Boomer, absolutely. Shout yeah. out to our buddies at Boomer Jacks. You know, we we couldn't do this without uh, all of our listeners. Yeah, I was kind of wondering where you were going to go with this. I know. Okay, I, I yes, thank you to Boomer Jacks for everything that they're doing yes. for us right now. <laughs> but I was like going, I was thinking, man, we only I always hear my voice. I never see my face, and maybe that's a good thing, but. I, yeah, we'll, we'll break out the ring. <laughs> we we we'll, need to break out the ring. We'll at break Boomer out. Jacks. The, we'll and, do it one and, time. And we'll, whether it's for a remote or just for you know food and drinks, because Boomer yeah. Jacks is one of my favorite spots. I'm out there Love all the time. Boomer Jacks. Awesome drinks, uh, affordable drinks, affordable eats. Great spot. Wall to wall TVs, live music. Uh, it is the perfect wind down spot for whatever you're looking for. Did we? I I, I know this happened on Twitter the other day. Uh-huh. One of our listeners yes. came into town for the game and went to Boomer Jacks and tweeted at us yeah tagged us and, uh, so, and, so, and so we're, we're making a difference yeah. we're so glad you went and yeah. uh, i would recommend it to you if they weren't a sponsor 17 yeah. dfw locations so wherever you're at in the metroplex i promise you there's one near you within driving distance find it at boomerjacks.com brian uh got a couple different things we can talk about in this opening segment about this football team i'll, I'll let you pick you want to you want to start off with your film takeaways, what the coordinators had to say, or some of these personnel moves we've had happen. Let's go with personnel moves for uh, 200, please, Alex. Awesome. Perfect. All right. Well, we got John Ridgeway. Uh, the, the Cowboys carried their entire draft class onto the active roster. Uh, we, we had talked about, hey, who was no- guy number 53 going to be? Turned out guy number 53 was John Ridgeway. Yes. Their fifth-round pick, the defensive tackle out of Arkansas. And guy 52 was uh, Houston. Dennis Houston, there who, you go. who was let go today <laughs> uh, as we record this on Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, Dennis Houston still has to pass through waivers. Right. You guys will hear this Wednesday morning. We still won't have an answer on Houston until Wednesday afternoon as to whether he clears waivers or not. Let's start with Ridgeway. Ridgeway did not clear waivers, gets claimed by Washington. Uh, apparently claimed by more than one team. I, I don't know. Do you would have you any like insight? To, would you like me to tell you who I'd, the I'd second? I'd love to know who the second team was. The second team were the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, look. So, so your two division uh, division opponents, the Commanders and the Eagles, were the two claimers for uh, John Ridgway. Really interested that ultimately, I mean, Ridgway didn't show up much in, in training camp. He was banged up a lot. Still interested that they, they let him go. I know that, uh, you know, the team had been using they, – they really believed in Ridgeway as a culture guy. Um, I know they were having him kind of serve as a, a, a big brother program with mm. some of the guys that were under him, uh, you know, helping out some of the younger players, just, you know, bring them along and, and kind of, you know, be a positive influence with them. Uh, so kind of surprised they let Ridgeway go. Houston, I, I guess I, I, I'm not surprised because, you know, I think that, you know, with Michael Gallup, scheduled to come back. I think we are going to see Michael Gallup on Monday against the Giants. That That's not certain yet, but I, I believe we're trending that direction. 
Uh, but with Gallup ready to come back, they were going to need a spot at receiver. And even though he's ahead of Jalen Tolbert right now, he they like what he's doing more than what Jalen Tolbert has done right now. You're not cutting a third-round pick and trying to sneak him to the practice squad. No, not that particular. Let me ask you this, Bob, and we'll go back to it just real quick. If you had to do it over if you're the Dallas Cowboys, do you cut Dennis Houston instead of cutting Ridgeway? Um, maybe. I, I mean, Ridgeway I mean, tough. I, As you asked, you asked consistently during training camp, how yeah. many one techniques is this team going to keep? Yeah. And you've got Gallimore playing there. You've got Bohanna playing there. Tristan right. Hill plays some one technique yeah. at times. So I had, I had scouts – tell me around the league when it came down to the cut down and we we did a podcast you know talking about the 53 yeah and you're absolutely right i had scouts tell me well how many one techniques are they going to keep and they're like well who's practiced better has bohanna practiced better than ridgeway and i'm like yeah yeah and i go well then get ready they're going to move on from ridgeway and so you know if you're the cowboys i wonder if you now you're kind of having a little bit of buyer's remorse that you felt like that you were going to be able to get that guy through. Yeah, you know? I, I think they aired there. I, I think it was a little foolish to believe. But he wasn't, but he didn't show up like, like he didn't show up like SEC John Ridgeway. He, he didn't, but again, yeah. he was also he was banged up. He was hurt a lot. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, you remember we were surprised he even showed up in the first preseason yeah. game because he had been hurt. He hurt his knee during practice. To me, it was just interesting that they would let a guy go that they had a fourth round grade on and that I think they knew the rest of the league viewed as similarly in that fourth or fifth round that's why he got claimed yeah he got claimed by the Eagles and by the commanders because not what he probably did in training camp or preseason games because you wouldn't probably claim him off that That, it's it's the evaluation of what they had in the spring and where he sat on their board they probably felt like that they just these teams probably felt like that we just claimed a fourth round guy yeah I, I I guarantee you you know, we'll figure it out and ask somebody in the league, and they'll, you know, we'll figure out where he was on those guys' boards. But they probably feel like we got a fourth, fifth round guy. We'll see if John Ridgeway gives uh, Washington some intel here in two weeks or a week and a half, I guess, uh, when, when the Cowboys go up against them. Uh, transitioning over away from the uh, first, real quick, uh, Dennis Houston, your guess. You think he gets claimed or no? I'm going to say what he had two two catches, 16 yards. I yeah, want to say yeah, something play, like played something like 50 snaps total. And, the first and, two and weeks. what was the what were the things that were good about him in training camp? That that you and I went round and round and round about that one. <laughs> I believe yeah. I I was amazed the amount of time that he was getting with the first offense, and it, and then it sounded like that they were making justifications for having him on. You know, like oh hey you know what you're doing and you're in the right spot and you can, you know, it sounded like the total opposite of what they were saying about Tolbert. Yeah. But Tolbert, Tolbert made just as few of plays as, or Houston and me made just as few of plays as, you know, as Tolbert. I think Houston showed up in the first preseason game. I, I think he, he flashed a little bit there. He, he had that really nice, he sold the vertical and hit yeah. the comeback route and then Cooper rushed over through him. It wasn't great, but when he had I, the the ball that went to the outside the one time on the yeah. third down. He dove. He didn't get it. But you know, to me, when all right, the games that he played, I never felt like that he was open. I never felt like that he was separating or anything like no, that. No, the way I had it explained to me by somebody was if, he was a mystery to me. If you compare Tolbert and Houston, 
the way it was told to me was if Dak is throwing to a spot, yeah, and he's got pressure in his face and he's got to get rid of the ball and he's got to and he's going to throw it to that spot, he can trust Dennis Houston will be there. And right now, he doesn't know if Jalen Tolbert or a defender is going to be standing there, yeah. and that was the concerning aspect. Sound of like a Dak problem. I, I not a deck. <laughs> like, you want yeah. him to throw with some anticipation, yeah, don't you, Brian? It, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so anyway, that, that's the Dennis Houston and, and John Ridgeway discussion. Uh, film takeaways. I know at last we left off, uh, you were going to be watching some film of this Cowboys performance against the Bengals. Anything that stood out to you that by the time you saw it on film, you're like, maybe that wasn't as good as I thought, or on the yeah. opposite end, you went, man, that was better than I thought it was. I'll tell you what, though, uh, is. You know, it's just nice that the left tackle for the Cowboys, and we're talking about Tyler Smith. You know, he's not doing anything to to hurt you in these games. Yeah, it's not perfect though. I mean, no, it, you, it, you, you can see when yeah. he's mixing up the assignments. Yeah, you could see he zigs it, and everybody else exactly, is that exactly. And you know, I, I just kind of feel like is he he's got the right demeanor, he's got the right attitude. The, the long run uh, that Pollard had, he had a really nice block. Great down block yeah. by Schultz. They get him. Schultz, Biotish, and Tyler Smith were all, great on all, that play. All very well blocked. But, you know, the thing about Tyler Smith is right now, he there's still growing pains going on with him. And it's going to be. It's week two. But, we're, you know, it's it's like if, you, if you're one of those guys or gals that watches the All-22, you'll see what we're talking about here. You know, if you go back on NFL.com, you have the All-22 package, Watch, just watch him. and It's not perfect, but they're, they're, they're getting away with some things at left tackle. They're getting away with some things at left guard. Yeah. And they're getting away with some things at center. I, I, thought, I thought the guy who gave you the most problems on Sunday against the Bengals at the offensive line, I thought it was Biotish. Yeah. I didn't think Biotish was very good. I, well, I he, he tried that one time one. That one time when Hendrickson rushed inside. That's when the play was going to the left, and it made it look like that Biotish, that was his man, and he didn't pick up Hendrickson, and Hendrickson made like a six-yard or five-yard uh, stop behind the line of scrimmage, you know, there. But that that's a block where the the ball is going to the left, everybody's stepping left, and Hendrickson rushes inside, and you get Smith doesn't adjust back. Yeah. And now the first thing, and Biotis is left trying to just clean up the mess. Yeah, no, I wasn't thinking so or much. The blitz. He, he, he was late. I seem to recall he was late, on the, people, he was late on the Hubbard twist yeah. that ended up in the one sack. Right. That was Biotish. Yeah. Um, there was another play where I saw Biotish got beat to the inside by – and I can't remember who the defensive tackle was. Reader? He, he, I think it was Reader. He yeah. got beat by one of the defensive tackles yeah. pretty bad. I just noticed pretty consistently when there was a blown-up play, it felt like more times than anybody else it was Biotish. But I, I know the the play that you're talking about. and Yeah, there are times where it can look like it's somebody on the, on the broadcast, well, it's, yeah. and then it's not when you get a chance I'm to just, see it. You know, me personally, I feel like that if they could get Jason Peters in shape, yeah, go ahead and let Jason Peters play left tackle and then kick Smith back inside. I think you, I think until until you kind of figure out things uh, with what's going to happen with Connor McGovern, you know yeah. maybe maybe it buys you some time and then if Peters is not playing well then you kick Smith back to the outside. Smith proved to me I I don't think it's too much to him to play two spots. No, I, I mean I, if it's play early, play left tackle, fine. And then if you have to play some left guard, you did that all summer. That shouldn't be a problem with you at all. I know I mentioned this to you on uh, G-Bag Nation today. and, and I'm, I'm just making it sound really easy. It's not <laughs> No, no. I, and I'm curious if you saw this 
at all on on tape. Uh, like I felt, man, it's really impressive when Tyler Smith anchors. He oh, is yeah. so strong. He's super strong. And, and and so when it all does click into yeah. place, you see why they loved the traits with him. It's like, man, when when he gets everything down technique wise, to me that's that's I, the I struggle see, right now. I, I see, yeah, and not today. Yeah. But three years from now, yeah. I think Tyler Smith is a Pro Bowl type of left tackle. I just think that's what you're looking at. I tell you what, I I love the way I mentioned. I love his demeanor. I love the physicality he plays with. I love how he's a motivated player. I mean, you don't see him get down or no. you know, when, when things are going a little bad. Keeps for his head him. up. Keeps his head up. Keeps going. Man, he is a he is a when at the point of attack, he's a good guy to run behind too. Uh, Kellen Moore talked about during coordinator availability on Monday, uh, said one of the guys he was impressed with going back, not just for his play, but also it was a clean game, was Terrence Steele. How did you feel about Terrence Steele? Yeah, on the, and, on the and, it, and it was a complete, complete different story for him from Tampa. I thought he looked great in the run game. He did, and that's the, that's the one thing I think he's really good at. I think that when you ask him to cut guys off or reach blocks or things like that, he does a good job of playing on his feet. And I think that's really, really important. I th- still think there's times when he lacks power, and that's a liability on pass rush. But when you when you watch him run block, I think he's got that down pretty good. One of the other things I was really interested in hearing Kellen Moore talk about, he talked about uh, you know Noah Brown, and obviously what a big game Noah Brown had. You and I talked about that. I, I mentioned like I think if you don't get any one of the catches he oh, makes, gosh. you could lose that game. Absolutely. Um, so he, he was such a big impact. But one of the interesting things I thought Kellen Moore said was, he said, like, year six now, it's great to see him get his first touchdown. He's like, Noah Brown is no longer a package guy. He's like, he used to be a guy where it's, he's like, we now know, like, Noah Brown can step in regardless of what formation we're looking at. We know that Noah's just a receiver and he can make it happen. Do you feel comfortable with like, – A, do you think that's an accurate description of, hey, this is just a receiver who can – you don't have to have him as a specialty guy. But B, uh, for you right now, is he the clear-cut number three receiver when Michael Gallup's back and fully goes? Well, he's your two. He's your two until Michael Gallup proves that he can come back and, and be effective. Not have a Chris Godwin moment where you're yeah. in and then you're yeah, immediately exactly. out. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, until – I. The way the the way the depth chart is, yeah, you probably say that Gallup is the number two, but right now, is, as you look at this team, I mean, I would think you would have to say uh, that Noah Brown has elevated himself as to the second receiver. Now we'll see if, in fact, that Gallup comes in, he plays against the Giants. Say he say he has four catches, sixty yards, or something like that, or or he has a really nice day, you know, ready to go and all that. You know, yeah, I think he's going to have to. Noah Brown, to me, I've got confidence in Noah Brown. Yeah, fourth and fourth and two, throw him a ball for seventeen yards. Two, third and ten. Third and ten. You know what? Personal pro, drill, personal protector on the punt team. Whatever yeah. you have to do, Noah Brown. This he, this might be the his breakout year, much like you had, you know, with uh, with Cedric, Cedric Wilson. Wilson. Yeah, yeah. And but right now, I would say Noah Brown's your two until Michael Gallup gets out there and once Michael Gallup figures out and has some productive moments and and shows that he's he's the guy then yeah you have to say Noah Brown's that, that you're probably your two you're listening to the love of the star podcast the love of the star is an odyssey podcast you can find it on the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. All right, Brian, uh, before we get uh, started on, on these Giants, I, I had a chance to run through their first two games. I know you've gotten to watch them a little bit, so we'll talk about the Giants here as they get ready to play them on Monday Night Football. Uh, before we do, one other note on on the coordinator discussion that I thought was interesting. Uh, Kellen Moore had talked about, he was asked about them going forward on that fourth and two, which I know you told us on Monday that for you was the play of the game, going yes. forward on that first drive. Uh, and it was interesting that he said that, Kellen Moore said that when they were getting ready to call the play on third down, that Mike clicked over uh, on the headset and told Kellen Moore, hey, get a play ready for fourth down because if we go. don't get it here, we're, we're going you go. for it. Yeah, absolutely. That, now, that's what I'm talking about. That's a guy right there, you know, and, and maybe there's more of that, you know. And then you know, when we start to ask questions about Mike helping the offense or helping the defense or influencing, yeah. that's what I want my coach to do. I want my coach going and being ahead of the game, managing the game, Great job. Mike, there was no hesitation at all. I thought maybe, oh, they're trying to make them burn a timeout yeah. here. They're going to make them. They're going to try and draw them offside, some of that crap. But Mike set the tone very early in that game for Kellen Moore. Hey, listen, get two plays ready. I'm going for it on fourth down. So Kellen knows now what to call, and I think that helps. I I love when I hear stories like that of the head coach doing things like that. Yeah, encouraging stuff. And, and again, like you mentioned there, knowing that they were going to go for it, you don't want to be that team that – you just expect to hit it on third down, it fails, and then you go, well, what do we oh, do? Oh, what do we do? What do we do? And you burn, and then comes you, on and then goes yeah, off. Yeah, you burn then, a timeout. Denver's going through that right now with yeah, their coach. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Nathaniel Hackett's, you know, he, he's going through the He's not hacking it very well. No, he's mm, not. Yeah. So uh, now we're talking about these Giants. They are 2-0. and uh, Man, ahead of the Cowboys. I don't know that, that a lot of people would have seen that. Uh, they get the week one win yeah. against Tennessee. Uh, man, get that lead – Randy Bullock comes in, shanks a forty-something yard field goal. They preserve the win there. Uh, they they have a they win an ugly football game against the Panthers. Uh, just some of our general takeaways. First off, uh, I gotta say, man, watching especially the Titans game, Tennessee shot themselves in the foot. That's a game yeah. the Giants should have lost that game. That was right there for the taking uh, for for Tennessee, and and they just blew that one. Let, let's start with a, a good thing first, Brian. I think this is the week Cavante Turpin runs back a kick because they. Oh, they, you're watching special teams, and they don't they don't cover well at all on punts or kicks. Now, now they'll one thing I have noticed about them on special teams and defense, and I don't know if this is a Wink Martindale thing on defense or what. They do try to punch the ball out pretty consistently, yeah. and they've had some success forcing some fumbles. But man, Kyle Phillips got him for a little bit. Chuba Hubbard, Dornay, broke Dornay Holmes, yeah, uh, on a, and the and the Carolina game was ripping the ball yeah. loose on the. Yeah, yeah, so, and yeah. so, but uh, they've given up some chunk returns in the yeah. punt return game and in the kickoff return game. So I think this could be the uh, the game where Cavante Turpin breaks out. Uh, what, what's one of your, I guess, overarching takeaways right off the bat about what this Giants team looks like? Well, I tell you what, I think they're very well coached. I am a big, 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 big fan of of their head coach, Brian Dable, Brian Dable, and I love Mike Kafka. I Mike Kafka, who's the uh, offensive coordinator there. I know that that Brian calls the plays, but I'm sure that Mike, you know, puts the game plans and stuff together so Brian can call 
But, you know, my, my buddy Andy Reid, who, you know, I was with in Green Bay, and now, of course, he's in Kansas City. But he loved, he, he hated the fact that he lost Mike Kafka. He was trying to, you know, he was trying to get, uh, who's my guy there, the, the, the running back? Eric Bieniemy. Eric Bieniemy. He's trying to get Eric Bieniemy the job somewhere. You know, Eric Bieniemy interviewing for all these jobs. Yeah. And Andy, Andy was sincere about trying to help him, trying to get a job. And then, you know, because he didn't want to lose Mike Kafka. And finally, Mike Kafka said, you know what? I got to go out here and be one of these OCs and then maybe get a head coaching job like we've seen from the Shanahan tree or the yeah. McVay tree or one of those things. And so, you know, good, you know, it, it, it sucks for Andy and it sucks that in our division here with the Cowboys, but for them to have Kafka and then, and then Wink Martindale as the defensive coordinator, I think says an awful lot about the direction of where that, uh, where that, uh, giant brain trust is going when you when you watch him play though yeah it doesn't look like with garrett it would always appear like they were playing in a phone booth everything was so tight yeah, not and now compressed and all that no they, they look pretty wide open and i'll tell you another thing that i've noticed about it's not about kenny galladay or tony or slate or one of those they're playing with guys like sills and shepherd richie and james R- richie james i mean it's if you weren't brought in by this by this new GM and 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 these coaching staff and stuff, you're kind of like you're kind of like on the back burner a little bit right now. Yeah, I mean, really, the only holdover who he is their preferred target when they decide to take shots deep yeah. is Sterling Shepard. Yeah. Sterling Shepard's still their their big play guy, um, but overall. It, Let's talk about how that offense looks different. That line, and, that line is going to oh, have some problems. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that. In a Maybe second. not that, like the Bengal line, but that line's going to have some that, problems. That left tackle, Andrew Thomas, is pretty damn good, but the rest of it's yeah. very shaky, especially the interior. The interior, man, yeah. uh, goodness, there's going to be some problems there. First off, in terms of how things look, I don't know about you, Brian. What I've seen a lot of early on, you can see that Bills influence because there's a lot of eye candy, especially before the snap. There's a lot of motion at the snap. Yeah. Uh, there, there's a lot of movement, um, and and they're big on on these read options. They're they're definitely trying to do some of the Josh Allen stuff with yeah. Daniel Jones. Um, and and look, Daniel Jones. You know, we saw Burrow break the pocket a couple times, get some big runs, pick up a first down on a third and long. Uh, that's something the Cowboys defense will have to guard against with Daniel Jones because he'll run it. He'll he'll take off if he needs to. No, he absolutely will, and and we've seen him last year. I mean, remember some of those runs he had? I mean, it he tripped himself. Yeah, he had the famous trip in the open field. But yeah, they're gonna they're going to there's going to be some struggle there. And you're right, the influence. I need to go back. The influence of of Brian Dybul with when you see it with Josh Allen stuff, yeah. you see it with that with the read option stuff and things like that. So. Yeah, and Saquon Barkley running the ball well too. He he looks like he his looks old like self he looks right like now. his old self running the man out. But how long will he stay healthy? That's always going to be the question with him. But I, I kind of feel like though that if the Cowboys there there are a couple of different spots. Just watching that that Carolina game along that offensive line, you're right. I just don't think they're very good inside. And I know the no. Cowboys dealt with that. With Tampa not being very good inside, the Giants are worse. The Giants are far worse, and so we'll see. Evan Neal is, you know, uh, the rookie at right tackle. He is a big mammoth guy. How, you know, is that one of those? He's been a little shaky early. Yeah, not been great. Not been great at all. And I'm, I'm thinking like, okay, well, here, here we are. You know, 350 pounds. 
where's your quickness? Where's your foot quickness? Where are the things? When you watched him play at Alabama, the people that did give him trouble were the people that had the quickness. Yeah. You know? Because when he could get his hands on you, he could be an absolute monster. Yeah, he's a mauler. But when he has to deal and reach and all that, you could take him off 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 balance a little bit. So I'm 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 picking some spots with Micah Parsons. I'm picking some spots with Tank. I'm picking some spots with Fowler here and try and find a way to kind of make these guys uh, have to to reach for me as some some run block or some pass block. Man, I think I think this could be a big day for Oso Digizua because we talk about that interior is having so much trouble. Jeffrey yeah. Simmons is a really good player for Tennessee, but yeah. if, if you watch Jeffrey Simmons against the Giants, it looks like Aaron Donald. Yeah, I mean, it's, Jeffrey it's, Simmons is a really good. He, player. He's a really good player, but I mean, it's it looks like a Hall of Famer. There is every yeah. single snap he is back there, and Daniel Jones is running for his life. Yep. I will say this one thing about Daniel Jones. One thing I admire about him. I know he's one of these popular guys that fan bases seem to like to kick and make fun of and troll. I I respect the hell out of that guy for how tough he is. He is tough. He he yeah. takes a lot of shots and he'll stand in there and make a throw knowing he's going to get crushed and I just I have a lot of respect for the toughness of Daniel yeah. Jones. I I I I agree with you too. I think that you know Jason Garrett the last couple of years. I mean that whole thing, Joe Judge, they they no they, favors. They man. did no no favors at all with him. Now, looking at the defensive side of the ball, we talk about the influence of the the kind of Bills concepts on the offense. You know what stood out to me watching that defense right away is Boy, that's Wink Martindale because when it's when it's a high pressure situation, it's zero blitz. Yeah, when when it's getting late and it's crunch time and they need to stop, Wink Martindale is sending you know eight people. He's got a lot of faith. He's got a lot of faith in his guys. And but it sounds like that Leonard Williams. I mean, they they have not. I don't believe they played with uh, Ojolari or Ojolari uh, and, or Thibodeau. Thibodeau. Yeah, yeah. So it, we'll see how monitor that this week uh, with those two guys. But also, it's not like that Leonard Williams is out for a couple of weeks here from what the very talented uh, yeah, he has an MCL sprain de- defensive tackle so if they don't have Leonard Williams and they don't have Ojolari and they don't have Thibodeau where's the pass rush going to come from see that's the thing and that's one of the reasons I think you are seeing the wink they have to blitz. They, because they are not getting pressure with the front four right. at all the defensive right. line isn't generating anything I'll tell you one guy on the defensive line who's looked okay to me at times uh, is oddly enough somebody who's flashed occasionally an old uh, Cowboys friend Jihad Ward, Jihad Ward. Ha- has popped up a couple times and uh, O'Shane Zimenez the old uh, you you scouted him a couple years ago out of Old Dominion he was yeah. the Old Dominion pass rusher he's he's been okay at times but overall man I feel like there's a real opportunity for the Cowboys to control the trenches against the Giants I do too I agree with that and I'm going to dig in more on the film as we get and as we get to a later part of the week, interested, you know, and in getting on a, maybe a Giants guest with yeah. us too. I, I've, I've reached out to some some folks, and we'll figure it out. But yeah, I, I'm I'm interested how they're going to handle this. Uh, and I'll mention something too. Uh, uh, Cordell Flock is a, a corner that they have. It was a third round pick from yeah, he's LSU. Had to step in with some injuries. Yeah, he's form. he's had to play. A, he's had to play quite a bit, and he's a guy that's a little bit of a thin. Kind of a guy, kind of a narrow couple small corners because yeah. you got Flot and you've got Odori Jackson. Odori Jackson, so who's played really well actually. Yeah, early if on. maybe maybe with a little bit of maybe a little bit of your size could take advantage of these guys as well. I'll tell you one thing that I've also noticed both from Tennessee and Carolina going up against the Giants, and this isn't something we see a lot of with the Cowboys. I I don't think we've seen Kellen work all this very much at all. 
Uh, Giants seem to be really susceptible to some of these counter runs. Yeah. You get things going this way and come back this way. They, they were getting uh, – they got hit on a couple of those from Tennessee and New York, and that's not something I, – I don't think I've noticed. I, I mean, have you – it doesn't seem like that's something Kellen Moore likes to call much at all. There doesn't seem to be a whole lot well, of Well, remember runs. remember the one big play that Zeke had in this last game, 11-yard run was a counter play going to the left. It was, yeah, and they that pulled, was Tyler Smith. Pulled, and yeah, they caved everything down on the left side. Smith ended up on the ground after, right. but, but started and cleared some space. They, they took Martin and, and, Martin and Steele and pulled them – and got him up and around. So it was down, down, and around with two guys. And the ball went off that left Picked tackle spot, 11-yard run. So, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. so I think that's an area where if you can get the everything kind of flowing this way and come back, right. the Giants seem to right. struggle with that. Does that, to you, spell a big opportunity for Tony Pollard and some yeah. of his quickness and what he's able uh, to you do? You got to. I think anything to get him on the edge, I think, is always a good, a good recipe for, for a win. Now, when you look at... You know, when we talk about the zero blitz stuff and Wink Martindale liking to bring some of that pressure, how big is Cooper Rush being a steady hand, being able to, to you know, stand in there with steely nerves and, and be able to stare down the rush? Because it comes quick. When when you've got Baltimore, they've done that for years. They just like the yeah. snap the ball and you got to make a play almost instantly. Well, the, yeah, the problem is you're running into is the inexperience you have along the offensive line, with the exception of the right guard and right. Especially with the communication. Yeah, on they, they've Smith. struggled. They've struggled with some of that communication on the left side. Because well, you don't even – they can show eight, and there are times where then they drop three of them. You have yeah. no idea who's coming. You just got to guess almost yep. sometimes. Absolutely. Which, to me, if they are going to bring some of those strong blitzes, it's crucial this week. And I know there's been a lot of pressure on him, and I think every week we're going to talk about he needs to be a big factor. But it is absolutely crucial for CeeDee Lamb to win off the line of scrimmage. Yeah, and he won – I mean, the slant he caught was a big play. That yeah. just showed you – he wins off the line. You get the slant ball in front, and he's going to make a big play for you. You are listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star, of course, is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Brian, it is now time for our favorite part of the show. It is our Twitter mailbag. But, but before we get into that, in our Twitter mailbag this week, uh, we had a request from RealJC89. He says, no question today. Just asking for a birthday shout-out on today's episode, so happy birthday to you. And happy birthday to our producer, Peyton Russell, who is also celebrating a birthday. Peyton has never been alive for a Cowboys Super Bowl. He was born nine months after the last one. So uh, we're we're desperately rooting for a Super Bowl victory for Peyton. I I think win it for Peyton needs to be our hashtag. Yeah, Uh, That that needs to be what we do. But, But until we can win him a Super Bowl, you know what we need to do for Peyton? What's that? We need to treat him to a night at Boomer Jacks, I think. Oh, I tell you what, he would love a night at Boomer Jacks with all the with the TVs, the great food, the menu, Perfect. the drinks. He would absolutely great place to have a celebration. Exactly, birthday drinks. You're doing happy hour. You're just looking for family night. Whatever you're doing. Boomer Jacks, perfect. Like Brian says, wall-to-wall TVs. They've got live music. Any game, any sport that you want to watch, yeah. it's up there. It's on the TV. And uh, in, in this era of inflation and, and heavy spending for everybody, it's nice to get something that's still reasonably priced. Absolutely. Great time. 17 DFW locations, so there is one definitely near you in the Dallas area within driving distance. Uh, so you can check yours out. Find yours at boomerjacks.com. Uh, Brian, you ready for a, a couple questions here? Shoot. First one from Rafa Gomez. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, and I know this is one that uh, Ambar Garcia also kind of mentioned on Cowboys Break. That was today? Yeah. He, oh, that was he, interesting, yeah. He, he says, if Cooper Rush is undefeated by the time Dak go. is healthy, does he keep his starting job? Yeah. Brian, I'll just say it right off the top. I'll give my reasoning why. 
he absolutely keeps his starting job. But what are your thoughts? No, I, I think so too. And you know, I, I, I Ambar I, Ag, I love when she you know brings think up outside stuff. the box, man. Yeah, think outside the box. And Derek Eagleton on the same show on a Cowboys break said, hey, "Listen, the reason why you had an 11 game winning streak with Dak, but you were also Tony Romo was near the end. Yep. And so you were looking for the Cowboys were looking for that transition." to move on from Tony Romo. And Dak Prescott, you know, lightning in a bottle, whatever you want to call it, you know, uh, you know Wade Wilson, you know, they, he, gets, uh, he gets Dak on the board. They get him drafted. He has, a, he, you know, he has some really good preseason games. He wins the job. And next thing you know, you're, you, know, you win 11 straight games. And so they, they, were, they went the right direction there. They, you know, even the veteran guys were all totally on board with, with Dak Prescott. I'm talking like – the the Des Bryant's and the you know the Jason Wittens and guys like that. It, so, it was it, I think that's an important thing for people to yeah. understand. For those who still hold on to the Romo yeah. never should have been replaced. You got to yeah. understand that entire locker room was on board with they Dak were on Prescott board with being Dak your Prescott. starter. And so yeah, I I think that I I would not if if they got through say they got through the Rams game and they were four and one. Yep. I still think if Dak was available for Philadelphia, every win though. Let's be honest though here too. Yeah. Every win that, that they get, Cincinnati say, say you get a Giants win and you get a Commanders win, that just buys you more time with for Dak to get healthy. Yeah. Now I will say it puts more pressure on him to perform when he gets back. Absolutely. I, I don't. Does. I don't think. He, I don't think it puts his job in jeopardy this year. Uh-huh. But if he then struggles when he gets back, then at the end of the year and they're looking at evaluation, I don't necessarily know that it gives Cooper Rush the job, but it does make them go. Well, other people are yeah. having success in here. What's going on with our quarterback? Something's yeah. not right here. We need, uh, we need, and, one of and, the, and I don't think that's going to be a problem. I think he's going to come back, and I think well, he's going to play I, well. You know what? I'd like to see, and I, man, I just don't have the time. I'm being honest. I don't have the time to sit down and watch. I mean, I watch the tape, but I'd like to know. I'd love for, I'd love for uh, Kurt Warner or one of these guys, these quarterback guys, to sit down and watch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sit down and watch. Okay, offense with Dak offense with Cooper Rush. Maybe get a little bit more yeah. sample size. And if Cooper, you know, has some success this week, okay, are they doing something schematically different than with Dak Prescott and Cooper Rush in these games? And is it something that maybe if if Cooper Rush is having success, is it something that they need to maybe incorporate more into what the Dak Prescott Well, and the, the other part of that question, not just is it something I'm, the I'm Cowboys asking are, a lot. Here. No, 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 just is it not something that just the Cowboys are doing different right. schematically, but is it something the opponents are also different doing? Schematically, yes. Now, I did notice there is one thing that stayed consistent, at least I noticed against Cincinnati. They're still liking to hit those PA boots. Yeah. They, they like to get that. Yep. That stayed in, in, yep. Yep. in the equation yep. there. Absolutely. Uh, question here from Greg Bailey. Uh, he says, I've heard Kellen Moore say on several occasions that all teams run basically the same plays. How much truth is there to that? If so, where does the nuance come from? Is it in the disguise or in finding the vulnerable matchups? I think when Kellen Moore says that, he's talking more about route concepts. Like, you've got a route tree, and there's, you know, so many combinations that teams use, especially based on, you know, formation, where you're out on the hash, where you're out on the field. Like, in that sense, yes, that's true. But obviously, there's more nuance to that. But, Brian, uh, if you want to speak to that, uh, where do you think no, the I nuance think, yeah, comes from? I think, and, yeah. and and where do you is it in the disguise or is it in finding the vulnerable matchups? I think it's I think it's about the matchups. I think a lot of coaches I know for sure Dan Quinn. Look what Dan Quinn's done defensively yeah. for the Cowboys. He's found matchups, whether it was Lyle Collins or 
Jonah Williams or what was going on inside for the Bengals. You know, yeah. he was looking for matchups in order to, to have success. And I think when you're talking about, talking about running the same place, you're right about the route concepts and things like that. The creativity comes in how you call them. And I'll give you an example. The other day on the final drive, the, on the first down play when they threw the ball to, uh, to C.D. Lamb, they ran a stack formation and they pivoted they pivoted uh, C.D. Lamb behind Dalton Schultz coming off the line. They pivoted him, and Schultz ended up really kind of blocking not only the, the C.D.'s man, but his own man. So the ball, I mean, now the ball goes to C.D. and it gets like a nine-yard gain yeah. because some creativity. That you know, yeah, the running plays, the counters, and things like that. You know, running the ball most sure zone stretch, inside zone, outside zones, gap scheme, whatever. That's all pretty much the same. But that's where the creativity comes in. The guys that are able to create, and the Bengals did it, you know, with their own thing. They created some picks too. They had some drops. How many drops did the Bengals have running in the middle of the, uh, you know, the Dallas defense? They, they that, I remember that, they they hit. Digs on a rub route on a yeah. third down with Chase, and yeah. he, he picked up. The and he first picked up down. the first yeah. down. So that's where your creativity comes in. That's when it's like, okay, this is our this is our way of getting our guys free, you know. And like I said, great job by Cooper uh, by excuse me by Cooper finding uh, Lamb, but also the design of him behind uh, a Schultz pick. Next question here from Joshua. He says, with Schultz out for Monday Night Football, not certain. By the way, it is not, not certain that, not that certain, he's out. Yeah. I I think that if you were to ask me today, I'm guessing he probably would miss. Mm-hmm. But it does sound like that'll be it. They got an extra day. Sounds like that'll be it. They do have an extra day. Uh, they do have a tight end on the practice squad, Sean McEwen. Right. Uh, but he says, will the Cowboys activate Tolbert and use less 12 personnel? I mean, as it stands now, unless you call up McEwen, you just have Hendershot and Ferguson. Right. Um, but Ferguson's done a really nice job, I think, blocking. Uh, Hendershot allows Hendershot them. on the one the one yard touchdown run got in a fight basically <laughs> like the whistle had blown yeah. and he was still blocking matter of fact the ball I've, I've said this when you watch the tape the Cooper Rush was throwing the ball to Hendershot on the drag the ball deflected and yeah. went to Noah Brown yeah you look at Cooper Rush's eyes he's hitting the drag underneath the Hendershot that got tipped so Hendershot would have caught that ball likely and it went up the sideline and field goal range and all that but yeah I, I you know let's see what they they used Luke Gifford too the other day as a fullback yeah so maybe you play with the two tight ends and then you have Luke Gifford as that extra guy that you need uh in the in the game or maybe maybe this is an opportunity to use one of the offensive linemen you know that are that are that are dressing for the game that used, you know, well, let's go or one of those guys. Well, and typically, uh, I think a big reason why Gifford's probably doing it right now, you and I saw that with uh, McGovern in at left guard, they were running Farniak as the as the fullback in yeah, training camp. Right but now, Farniak's doing that, so they're having to find some different creativity. I will say, I think that I, I'm excited to see how I think Ferguson and Schultz are similar tight ends. To right. be honest, uh, I think Hender, Hendershot's got a little bit more of a a vertical capacity, and so. One of the things that, you know, we talk about teams running the same route concepts and things right. like that. I know one of the things that when you have two tight ends, one of the benefits when you've got a more athletic seam one or you've got one that's a little more of Jason Witten type is that you can run those different concepts. You can have 
Ferguson, for instance, running that Y option, which is, you know, either you're, you're doing the, the little curl or you're, you're going inside, outside, depending on what look you're getting. And then with somebody like Hendershot, all right, you've got the, you know, you got him reading the safeties. He can either run up the seam if it's cover one. If it's cover two, he can bend it to a post. And so they're going to be able to run some, I know McCarthy's not a huge fan of option routes, but everybody tends to run them with the tight ends because of Kellen what Moore runs are. them a lot more than what Mike McCarthy would. I Kellen's think. a bigger fan yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah. And, and by the way, uh, for those of you that were angry about it five years ago, it's one of the reasons why Des Bryant ended up getting moved on from. He was never a, a big option or yeah, out guy. Yeah. Didn't like running those. Uh, but ultimately, I think that I, I'll be really interested to see Hendershot and Ferguson if they are paired together, what kind of route concepts they're running together because I think you could see some different things. Um, next question here from Jake. Any updates on Jabril Cox? Curious why back-to-back inactive tags ramp up from the injury. Man, they have handled that injury a little weird. I think that he's still a little banged up. I think he's banged up. He has not taken the brace off. Yeah. I, I also, I, I was I was having a conversation with somebody. I don't want to say who because I don't want to necessarily like yeah. out who they, you know, yeah. what their thoughts were on this. But I was having a conversation with somebody at practice. And I was like, man, we got to figure out this Jabril Cox thing. And this person I was talking to said, part of me just goes like, at the end of the day, he is still a fourth round linebacker though. Yeah. And you have Anthony Barr now and you've got Leighton Vander. Like, What's the need to even have, even if he's fully healthy, does Jabril Cox have to be active? Like, is that a guy you need on your, I don't know that you do. And when I thought about it like that, it's like, man, maybe that is why they're taking such a yeah, conservative it, approach. It, it's not the receiver position where you need Gallup back. Yeah, but, but you know, we like the Oklahoma State kid. Devin Harper, it, yeah. We like Harper, but wouldn't you like to see Cox be active instead of Harper? I think I would. I think so. I'd rather see, honestly. I had I, someone tell me Damone Clark the LSU kid, the other LSU linebacker, maybe sooner than later on him. I uh, I, I I need to I, I need to check with a source on something, but I've got some yeah. interesting stuff on Demon Clark. I need to make sure I can talk about it on the air. We'll talk about yeah. that Friday. I Sounds think. good. Uh, next question here from uh our buddy uh Stevie J. Uh, he's asking Peters plugged right into the Bears lineup last season. Why is this ramp up period taking longer than we initially expected? What are the chances he plays Monday? So Peters was in there week one, but it's important to remember Peter signed August 16th, I think, yeah. and then they played September. It was a month ramp-up still. Absolutely, yeah. And so I think it is a similar ramp-up. Conditioning is the only thing going on with him right now. That's yeah. what I was told because I asked about him, and, and we were and I was talking with some people in the organization. They said the only thing holding him back right now is conditioning, and it's not there yet. That's a no. 40-year-old man trying to get ready. It, ta- it takes some time. and look, He's, he's, a- he's working out, though. I, I mean, I've I've been walking. You know, I walk from the studio after Cowboys He's break. Got a helmet on, He's and I, I see him out there, and I see him working with Britt Brown, and I see him working with others. And so, yeah, he's trying. He's trying to get back. So I, I think we do see him sooner rather than later. Yeah, I do too. If it's not this week, I think he's probably ready week four. Yeah. Uh, next question here from David Miller: What's the biggest reason the offense is not scoring much? Quarterback, wide receiver, offensive line, play calling. What is it? Uh, I mean, well, obviously, first game, there were a lot of issues. I think everybody was bad, to be honest. And then this past week, you obviously are working without your quarterback. You're still waiting for your receiver to get back. I think it's just a matter of health and and find, and trying to find cohesion on that offensive line, getting your quarterback back. I think then things will settle down a little bit. But the other thing, honestly, is this offense, this personnel, this isn't Team Forty Burger. No, <laughs> like this is not going to be the team no. that's going to do that. Not because you don't have the you don't have the the offensive line, and it's going to be there's going to be growing pains. They're going to miss blocks. 
they're gonna it's gonna be a struggle you know with the quarterback is was a struggle I'm gonna give you uh, you know the whole thing too Cooper Rush I thought played very very well he took a lot of hits in that game yeah if you I mean get rid of the ball then get hit get rid of the ball then get hit you know it wasn't clean for him it wasn't as clean as it needed to be but I thought he stepped up and did a nice job but a lot of it has to do with the offensive line. Do you feel like – real quick question on Cooper Rush if you watch the film back. Do you feel yeah. like he's got to keep his throws in the middle of the field? I feel like when he's throwing to the sideline, he's short hopping them. I tell you what, it's a little bit like it takes a little bit like a I don't little, know if there's a depth perception thing for him the or ball, something. Yeah, because yeah, there, I, there I were a couple it was a ball at the feet but or the, right in front the of The ball him. he threw down the sideline when he was coming at us uh, when, from the press box seat to CeeDee Lamb, the deep shot that they took. If he throws that ball a little bit more, there was some throw the ball to the outside, and you'd probably be okay there. Don't let you know the defender get it. That's one of those balls. If he threw it a little bit to the inside, it would have been a touchdown, to, or it would have been a huge play to CD Lamb. I think he throws a pretty good deep ball. I think he's fine there. I, I think my but bigger, you're right. My the stuff to the outside, the twelve yard out route. Oh, it seemed I'm, like I'm it, it seemed like interceptionsville. Uh, was, that's that's what I'm worried. And yeah. and there were two or three times he threw something into the flat where it yeah. was at the feet and yeah. it was just nowhere close. And so yeah. I don't know what it is. Just something about throwing to the sideline yeah. it, it seems to be a little bit of a struggle for him. Uh, last question here from Cairo, and then staying on this offensive line discussion, which we just referenced there. How much better do you guys feel about the offensive line compared to a month ago, if you feel better at all? I think I feel, I think given where the personnel is and you lose your left guard and you weren't expecting that, I think I will give them a passing grade for the expectation right now. I don't think they've yeah, killed you yet. I think if if McGovern if McGovern was playing the left guard, I'd feel even better. Sure. But, I mean, Tyler Smith has done an They're act- battling. They're they, all they, battling. They are battling. They're, they're, there's some limitations there. Yeah. but it And it's not killing them at, at quite yet, and hopefully it won't kill them. That does it here for us. Uh, I think we're going to be doing something a little bit different for you guys on Friday. I think we're going to – Brian and I have talked about this. If you like this segment, get your questions answered. I think Brian and I are going to take a whole episode out. Because we got a Monday night game. Because we right? got a Monday night game. So Monday right. morning will be the preview show, really. Yeah. We don't want to hit you with four straight days of Giants talk. So uh, I think we're going to do it an all-mailbag episode. So if you want to get your questions in, hit us up on Twitter. You can email me, bobby.belt at odyssey.com. Uh, we'll take your questions in any format. I think we'll we'll tackle it. And then Monday, we'll really ramp up preview time for this Giants team. And, and hopefully know more about Dalton Schultz's health, Michael Gallup, where Jason Peters is at, and have some of those answers for you guys then. Uh, until Friday, we will talk to you guys later.